Hi, and welcome to another installment of Beyond the Vanilla Bean. I'm your hostess, Kay, a dominatrix and sadist. And I am Gray, a service top and mindfuck specialist. So, last episode we discussed uh, caregivers and littles as a part of our series on the basic relationship dynamics within kink. In this episode, we are continuing that with alpha and pet play. So here with us today are our friends Sanguinary Wolf and Ash. Yeah, right. So um, I'm Sanguinary Wolf, and while she said this is, this is my pet and all you wish, and um, that's uh, that's my cover. I'm just I'm you know I'm, I'm Australian. That way people don't know you know my real identity. So I'm just gonna talk like Lish the whole time. I uh, hope that's okay. Um, yeah. That works. Yeah. And this is why we love him. <laughs> No. Uh, for all of the listeners out there, I'm not Australian. Um, I just play one in podcasts. But we're both of us are excited to be here. Excited to share something that we that we love. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I heard y'all have questions for us. So my first question actually is, who's the alpha and who's the pet? This dude. This dude. Yeah. This dude. We are. We are on radio. <laughs> Finger points are difficult. Uh, but yes, that would be me. This is my wonderful kitty, my wonderful pet, wonderful cat. Actually, Tuesday. Actually, yeah, coming up on Tuesday. It'll be four years. I know, right? Very it is. Nice. Um... Congratulations. <laughs> Thank y'all. So, at a basic level, what is uh, an alpha pet dynamic? But, well,. It's a form of DS. It just has a very animalistic twist on it. I'd say more so than um, primal play or anything like that. Uh, both of us are in the uh, furry community as well. So those two things kind of mesh together um, and inform our DS dynamic. Well, it's, well, like as he said and whatnot, it's just another aspect of DS where the dominant takes on the role as, like, the owner of the said pet and the submissive is the pet. Now, with some people, when it comes to being a pet, you know, you take on different animal roles. Most common, though, are, like, you know, puppy play, kitten play, horse play, stuff like that. Yeah, we, um, we kind of practice our own brand of pet play. In a way, because there is, especially in the gay leather scene, there is a whole codified, like, pet system and dynamics. They have their own language and everything. All of that goes back, you know, decades in the the gay male leather scene. Uh, whereas we kind of do our own thing and what works for us um, that isn't steeped in that same protocol. Um, she doesn't wear a hood or anything of that nature. We don't go to any kind of like pet meets officially, anything like that. Um, we basically just just have our own fun, which is okay. Um, and that's how it's been working for us for four years. So that's what we enjoy. It works fantastic. It works. Mm. Um, so just for listeners who may not be familiar, you threw a reference into the furries. Uh, what is what is that? Furries are fans of anthropology anthropomorphic animals in this most basic sense uh we are in a postmodern world so pretty much anyone can put that label on themselves however much they feel they are into furry um but i would i would say that at, at its at its core its most basic uh 
uh, definition is some kind of interest in anthro uh, anthropomorphic animals, um, animals with human characteristics. Of course, think think Disney's Robin Hood, think Zootopia, think whatever. Um, I would say um, it's something that I always like making clear with people. Um, I don't consider like furry to be its own kink uh, because there are plenty of furries out there who are not in the fandom in any sort of sexual way. I know that's the popular conception about furries is, is just being nothing but a sex, 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 but there are plenty of other like non-sexual things in the fandom. Um, I consider it more of an identity, uh, much like being um, queer in any fashion. You can be romantically involved with someone of the same gender and not have anything sexual and still be a part of the queer identity. Um, and that's how I feel about furries. Um, but we just happen to be in the kink lifestyle as well. And those things kind of feed off of each other. Um, since we both love animals so much, you know, then we role play as them and we both have fun. <laughs> Isn't that right? <laughs> yep. So Ash and Sanguinary, what would you say drew you into, um, this type of relationship style? Well, with me, I have always, you know, been interested in, like, pet play and all that, and I've sort of always identified as more, like, I blame anime for this, but I very much so identified with, you know, the Nekos and whatnot, and then it sort of just went down into discovering pet play because of Tumblr. And I basically was like... Changed so many lives. Good old Tumblr. Rest in peace. Yep. So. Now, Neko is one of those. Um, basically, Neko just means cat in Japanese. And in anime oh. and whatnot, it basically is people that have, you know, cat-like features. You know, have ears, tails, stuff like that. It's furry light. Is yeah. What, is what it is. <laughs> it's diet furry. It's a gateway and, drug. <laughs> basically... Um, and then basically like once I discovered Tumblr and discovered it on there, I was like, oh my gosh, this is really fun. And me also being a furry and whatnot, I was like, oh, this sort of messes together really well. And then met him, met, met a sanguinary wolf here and it then then blossomed into an actual real like real life pet relationship anything you want to add this is the rest is history <laughs> uh i mean pretty much the same thing for me um as i said before like furry and then this kink lifestyle fed off of each other i take such a high interest in animals and animal nature and then you just combine it um with a safe sane consensual kink fun and then you get a very potent mix so i have a keen interest in forming safe bonds and ensuring that everyone is ssc which as you mentioned earlier was safe sane consensual so tell me about what the negotiations look like in creating your dynamic between this pair of you we've always been very intuitive uh with our uh, with our play um, and just really focusing on body language during the scene um, with the pet play that we do um, 
it typically doesn't go very hard in the physical pain or anything like that. It's it's more about creating a comfortable uh, subspace for whoever is bottoming at the time. Um, so we don't personally uh, negotiate too much into it, uh, especially being in a four-year relationship. Everything, uh, for the most part, happens pretty smoothly, at least with, with pet play. Because, again, it's, it's not... Doing pet play for us isn't our like hardcore BDBD impact scene. It's more of just getting into an animal headspace and just getting mushy and having fun, all that. Now, now I do um the actually like one of the first times we did anything that was pet related. Basically, you know, like what we had talked about was you know alrighty, what is the things that I as the pet do, which for us is you know. You're on the ground, no talking, always have a leash and collar on, you can't get on furniture, stuff like that. And so, like, that was, like, sort of, like, our negotiation of, like, you know, like, of heck. And, and like, you know, we discussed that first. And setting the dynamic, really. Yeah. And then sort of just went from there. So, I'm curious, because I know that within the lifestyle as a whole, there are uh, people who identify as brats. So if one would have a bratty moment, given the rule that you can't get on furniture, would there be a moment where you choose to violate that? Yeah, uh, yeah that's uh, that's definitely a major thing, considering that one of us is a cat. Um, we're just, <laughs> we're just <laughs> by nature, very bratty animals. I go ahead, Kay. I was like, I was going to say something about being a cat. I was like, cats would totally do that. They would <laughs> totally be bratty. They look at you. <laughs> yeah. Right. But, and they would do the opposite. They know what you're saying because they're very smart animals. They know what you're saying. They'll look at you, give you some attitude, and do whatever the heck you told them not to do. Well, how do you punish your kitty cat? You know, maybe you spray water on them. We've done that uh, before since she's, you know, a human animal. Uh, give her a good spank or... A uh, nice sexy hair tug, something like that, to get uh, the kitty cat back on track. Um, and it's sort of like, 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 because, like, you know, we switch and whatnot. So, like, when he's my, you know, my puppy, you know, bust out the newspaper, whack him on the nose, stuff like that. It's sort of like, how would you treat your actual actual pet when they act up? You punish them. You basically be like, no, that's not what you're supposed to do, and all that. Right. So I'm hearing you talk about switching, and up to now, in most of the dynamics we talked about, there has not been a great deal of role change. Uh, were you structuring this as a switch, switchable dynamic from the beginning, or did that evolve? Yeah, we've been switches since the very beginning. Like the first night we met, I even talked to her about the the switch dissonance I was feeling because I was dressed in drag. And when I saw her and um, she started uh, coming on to me, um, I felt I you know I was I was I, I started remember it. I was feeling very dominant all of a sudden and i remember telling that that like i'm having a lot of conflicting feelings right now because it's for me it's hard being dominant and drag but so anyway yes um we've been switches from the very uh beginning but our default dynamic um it's as is of course her as the submissive the pet and then myself as the the dominant the alpha um which was a term 
like alpha was a term that came to us like on our very first night really um it was something that i threw out during sex to like get into the headspace you yeah because being... yeah, like you're you know you're a wolf and whatnot and you know with wolf packs and what who's the one in charge the alpha and i was like oh hey this works this fits nice and it just kind of stuck from there um or we're talking about switching something right yeah originally negotiation but it, but switching came from the talk and so it works right something i do want to say if i was doing like pickup play or something with somebody who wanted to um do pet play and i had never played with them before i would in the process of negotiation i would sit down and and of course ask what their expectations are what does pet play mean for them you know if they are going to be very bratty or anything how do they want the punishment dealt out of course talking about goals for the scene do they want to get all mushy like us do they want is it's a goal for the scene to um like be in pain um we had a munch before um where one person's pet play um it was actually like very sadistic it was like a almost a zeusadism themed pet play um which is just what they did so Cool. I don't know where I'm going with that. I'm just kind of rambling <laughs> off topic, but um, more just in, in yeah, it's just an interesting anecdote because like I haven't heard about that uh, before because that's obviously such a very taboo thing. I don't know if you would like. Would y'all consider that edge play uh, having this like Zeusadism theme? I don't even know if we should talk about it because it, it it is such a sensitive subject for so many people. I mean, that's that's almost like a CNC thing, you know, like like very triggering. It's definitely something that could be talked about in the future, but at the moment, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. we're getting yeah. off topic. Guys, let's just let's just cut that. <laughs> no, I mean, no, I don't even feel like we need to cut it. No, but it, it's worth noting that it's with, a possibility, right? Yeah. It's it's possible, and with many of the relationship dynamics we're going to talk about, there is a quote-unquote mainstream aspect of it, and there's probably an edge play aspect of it also. And these are things that we may delve into. In season two. Right. <laughs> All right. Um, so what is your favorite part of the dynamic? This is a question to both of you. Just, both of you answers. Just in general, or like focus yeah, on like, pet play? Um... Actually, let's make this four questions. (laughs) In general, of your dynamic in general, and then your pet play dynamic. Well, in general, you know, the the happiness of our dynamic is the happiness of our relationship. It's, It's how we've basically been together for these four years, and I wouldn't change a thing. I mean, it's, it's, it's what we, it's what we grew into, um, and how we live our lives. She wears her little. Nice decorative incognito collar every day for her. And everyone in my work compliments it, and I'm like, oh, if only you knew. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But as far as pet play, um, (coughs) what do we enjoy about its dynamic? So, what is your favorite part about pet play in general? Your pet play dynamic. For me personally, I enjoy getting in the animal headspace, Um, I enjoy being a dog. Uh, and everything that comes with that. I think 
it's it just feels so good it's it's that thing that you can't explain with kink you know why why does getting hit feel so good you know it 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 releases pleasurable brain chemicals and everything else and it's just unique to the individual um so with me just getting in that animal headspace and really feeling that and feeling like a dog and and getting the lovings and the punishment and everything else um is very wonderful for me okay what about you Ash? what are what is your favorite thing about the dynamic in general and then about pet play i would say in general for us and whatnot um i can be a very controlling person personally like with myself and like my daily life where it's like i always have to be in charge on top of everything no matter what so then when it comes to like my uh play and whatnot i always you know even though i do switch i still very much so enjoy you know bottoming being a submissive all that because it's like it's it's me no longer having control and sort of like letting the other person do all that it's interesting you say that because i only ever hear that from females just in my personal experience when whenever someone asks like if they're at a munch or whatever why do you like bdsm or whatever i only i've, I've never heard it from a male but i i hear females all the time say that you know, I've I, at work and in home life or whatever, I, I I take control and I'm in charge and I just want to release all that you know for an hour in a scene or whatever. Is that something that y'all have experienced? Oh yeah, well maybe because um, I mean like I'm a femme dom, so maybe I hear it more from guys because maybe. like a lot of times I get like the white collar tight fitter, you know, manager of this or that, blah blah blah. And then, you know, they're very stressed out and they don't want to have to worry about that. But Yeah, that makes sense. I'll just, I'll just, just curious, because that's just from my personal experience, what I always hear. I, I've definitely heard that um, with one of my current partners. It, I can definitely see that being the case because there's a lot of responsibility on that person during the day, during vanilla life. And so when they enter the, that space, that middle space between, uh, between she and I, uh, there's definitely a sense of giving up that control and being able to release. Yeah. It's really a beautiful thing to be in a relationship where you can uh, feel safe and comfortable letting that go and just being you. You know what I mean? Like, that you freedom... Said- you said gray that she was a middle yes yeah there was something i saw it was like a, a guide for littles middles all that uh sort of thing and what you should do with them and and for middles it's like listening to music and playing video games and eating chips and i have to do that every day i mean <laughs> shoot sounds like fantastic uh, right i mean it's works for me no. <laughs> so, anyway <laughs> i want to go definitely- yeah. So, Ash, what is your favorite part about your dynamic, your pet play dynamic? I like not having to be a human for a little bit. 
because sometimes being a human sucks. So if I can be an animal for like an hour or so and whatnot during play, it's really nice because it's basically I just sort of just melt into the animal head space and it's very relaxing and it's, it's just it's nice and me I like you know being loved on and then you know and occasionally you know acting out like acting out as a brat because you know I'm a cat that's what we do and I like just the whole you know being pet on pampered hearing the you know oh you're such a pretty kitty cat stuff like that and it's just a, as I said a really nice way to get away from human life for a little bit there's some guy listening to this who's never done a scene before and here's the only play for an hour that's weak <laughs> guarantee it I mean, there was one time you and me did a pet scene for like eight hours straight. Yeah, yeah, that was like when we like first met, and you still owe me my eight hour scene, by the way. <laughs> but yes, Ooh, when we fired. when we first, I mean, <laughs> life happens, you know. I get it, but uh, but yeah, when we when we were like first together, like with within our first like year and a half or something, we had a whole eight hour pet scene where she was my kitty cat. That was really great. It wasn't even like the first year and a half. It was like the first like five months. Yeah, wow. probably. That's yeah. very cool. <laughs> yeah, it was great. I, that was a great scene, and yeah. What's the recovery like on a on an eight hour pet play scene? Like in when you think about impact play or other other arrangements, there can be a significant aftercare, and you know, the concept of drop comes in. So what is recovery like when you're considering pet play for an extended time? Uh, I don't know. From what I remember, it wasn't too much of a come down. It yeah. was just pretty standard aftercare stuff. Um, it She came back from that headspace pretty easily from what I can recall. There there didn't need, need to be any, like, significant grounding or anything involved. Yeah, because, like, for me and whatnot, like, with pet play, like, yes, it can be heavy, like, mind-wise, but it's never been, like, for me, so heavy when it's, like, coming coming back down from the high is such a, you know, dramatic thing. It's, like... It's 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 a nice slow gradual comeback down where it's not like needs like significant amount of aftercare. Yeah, we've never had pet drop. I've I've never heard of. <laughs> I mean, I've never heard of that. And and maybe folks do, you know, who who get really into the headspace. But we've never experienced that personally. Oh. And then she double fisted my asshole. <laughs> Sorry, I had to fill. It's just, it's just a running joke. I've got OCD and I can't get certain words out of my mind. But anyway. All right. So we're going to go ahead and run for that commercial break. <laughs> sponsor us. <laughs> after, after we talk about double fisting, please. Please sponsor us. Give us, yeah. so give us some money. We need more lube. Send an email to beyondthenormalbeing at gmail.com.
Hi, I'm Gray. And this is how you connect to your local BDSM community. First, create an account on FetLife. It is the Facebook for kinky people. Second, set your city and state to your actual city and state. Third, click that city within the places area of FetLife. Fourth, attend lunches and events in your local area. This has been how, how you connect, connect with your local BDSM community. community. Yay! Yeah! Beyond the Vanilla Bean, we're continuing our discussion with Sanguinary Wolf and Ash about alpha and pet play. So, what do you wish that people understood about alpha slash pet play? I think balance. I think just like with littles or anything else, you want a good balance between the role play you do and the... um, banalities of life um if you're like really into pet play and you um practice it as like a lifestyle kind of play where you do it uh 24 7 or whatever i would just suggest having a healthy balance between the human and the animal side of life um because if you do just about anything in excess you know it can cause problems but that would just be my advice and Ash, what do you think? What do you wish people understood about your dynamic? I can't really think of anything myself, personally. Folks should experiment and try it more. Yes, there we go. Because, like... At our local BDSM club, we have um, theme nights. So I can't think of its name right now, but people go around to different... Um, stands that I also can't think of his name of. I'm having a so complete mind blank. Sample your fantasy. They have different, not booths, but things set up where you can sample different aspects of kink. And for about like three times now, we've we've done an intro to pet play thing. And we just want people to just give it a shot and see what kind of fun they can have. Very cool. Now, you've spoken to what it sounds like you would like for people within the community to understand about pet play and alpha pet. What would you like vanilla people who are just learning about BDSM and have stumbled upon the idea of alpha pet play, what would you like them to understand about your dynamic? I guess the same thing with furries, that we don't fuck animals, you know? That's... Yeah, being, <laughs> it, it, being blunt there. Because a lot of people, when they hear pet play, it's like, Oh my gosh, do they, oh, 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 they're, they're not into, like, animals and that aspect. And it's like, no, we are not. We are consenting adults, homo sapiens, that just like acting and being pets. We are not actually doing thing with animals because that is wrong. It is awful. I'm vegan. I don't even eat animals. Why would I do that with an animal? <laughs> like, and a lot of people... Sort of like the same with people in the like when they hear about furries, 
that's like one of the things they instantly jump to is that when it's like that is totally not true and like if you even talk to people who are actually furries or into pet play and you bring that up they'll instantly just be disgusted because it's like that's not true so guys in your opinion what have you found that works best for pet play like as far as the mechanics of like how to do the actual scene well, in the same way that a dom will go to Home Dompo, or whatever they call it. Dom Depot? Dom Depot, Kink Depot, yeah. And get and get things, our version of that is like Petco. We, um, we like to make it as authentic as possible, you know, so to speak. So get like a dog leash and dog collar that's meant for like actual dogs. You can get like a large 110 pound dog, like harness and things um a fun things that we got are, are one of those um i don't personally recommend it for use on your actual animals but your human animals you can get a spiked control collar um as long as you're not too rough with it to like tear their throat but that's pretty great to uh make them go where you want them to go uh anything from there any any sort of pervertible that you can think of from petco or hollywood feed or whatever um you can use like certain dog toys um Laser pointer. Yes, for cats. That's 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 a great one. That those is my little favorite. Mice, yeah, yeah, those are great. I still love that big fat mouse I got you. It's it's like usually a cat mouse is you know half the size of of your palm, but I found a huge one that's like as big as a football. So it's oh, like wow. a human sized cat toy. So and like it's, it's and like perfect. it's full catnip. The yeah. tail has a bell on it and it's also like scratchy carpet. Fa- yeah. And you just hang it from the door. Go oh, to yes. town. Fantastic. Yeah. She has fun with that. I mean, I'd, I'd love to make um, like a litter box one day for you. That'd be cool. <laughs> and you can not like poop in it, but, but do like, you know, cause we enjoy uh, water sports too. And that would be pretty fun. You know, but you're cleaning it once it's done, because, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't want to do that. That's why I make, you know, that's why I'm the dom, so I can make you do those things um, and scoop up your own litter and throw it out. Um, Love it. Yeah, Love so that's just, that's just a it. personal project I've had See, in the back of my mind. And me, my personal project, I would like, would actually be a kennel that actually you can lay down comfortably. Yes. That's not like a large dog kennel. Well, I would, that's fine too. We can just get uh, a, a large dog mat to put on the inside. Yeah, but I mean like one that's actually like you can like even like lay down fully. Yeah, they're just like not. 150 bucks. So it's hard, but maybe we can save up for it. Yeah. And, and like, where do you put it? Because cause my house is kind of small. Well, that can be future house. Yeah, that's true, I guess. You know, I want to build, like, a bed with fit under it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And yes. I looked at the schematics and things. I think I could do it. So, you know, yeah, if I figure yeah. it out, then I'll try bad. to help y'all make one, too. Because <laughs> that is definitely on the to-do list is to... And then, you just, and then, and then like, if you want to, like, conceal that's a cage underneath your bed, just get really long sheets. And yeah, do, like, I was going to get, like, a bed skirt and there just you go. cover it. And then, like, on one end, I was going to make storage because it's already going to be higher up for the thing. So, it's like, on one end, you know, just all your storage. And on the other end, you know, kennel. We have. Bed skates. We have a tiny dog kennel. That's good. You just can't really, like, sit in it comfortably for too long. Um, Mm -hmm. It's more for medium-sized dogs. But it's still great. Um, 
it's good because since it's smaller, it, it makes you feel more confined, you know, more trapped, which we like. So what do you use to simulate like dog food, or cat food, um, things you guys use? I'll eat it, and I've done it before, and that's not something that I would suggest. Um, that is, I guess, towing the line a bit. I um, of course, I haven't done all of the science so don't don't start eating cans and cans of dog food right after you listen to this podcast um it it depends on your stomach is what i tell people and how much that that you can actually take like like i'll eat like one or two dog treats um that really gets me going um i've eaten some like wet food before a little bit not like too much you know because it's still nasty but when you're all hyped up on the fun of it all um you can stomach more, but I wouldn't like make a meal out of it, of course, because you could get sick. But yeah, because like the standards for pet food and whatnot, unless it's like higher quality, is like way more lax than food for human consumption. Right. It's it's more of like you know pig guts and bird gizzards and all the like. Hey, let's not terrify everyone. <laughs> all the all of all of the sweepings that they just sweep off from the. Yeah. From the, from the slaughterhouse for, but that's what I do. Don't do what I do. Um, I'm not a trained professional or doctor, um, so don't take my advice on that particular thing. Um, don't sue me, please. Um, you'll never find me. I'll escape the country. Um, I'll change my name. I'll change my social. Uh, just don't come at me for that. But uh, just being truthful, that's that's what we do that's what i do i like milk bone because those because you can like tolerate those the soft ones you you can kind of tolerate the the little soft shoes i'll eat like two at most because again i don't want to get sick but for me like since it's so authentic to being a dog and a pet like you eat it and it's just instant like instant headspace i mean really well for me before I went vegan, I tried cat food once, I and I literally barfed. It was gross. That's why I'm like, no. Now, you know, when I did eat fish and whatnot, I was cool with eating sardines, like, from, like, our canned tuna and whatnot. That yeah, was, that's like, a good, my, like, substitute. And I was like, my cat food, but now I'm just like, put some, like, cereal in the bowl, because... Oh, a good substitute for dog food, I found out, instead of eating the real thing like um, a crazy person like me, it's just like have like Hormel chili. It's basically the same thing as Alpo. Oh. You could do that, simulate it. It would be uh, palatable. It'd be much better, much better for your body than, than eating actual dog foods. So that's what I should have said. But yeah. I'm really glad you gave the whole, the whole spiel. <laughs> Very educational. Yeah, now, like, everyone at our club is going to be like, holy shit, don't go near Sanguinary Wolf, he's fucking crazy. Yeah, they're going to say, like, oh, you're hardcore. Yeah, yeah, oh, I, man. I didn't know that about Sanguinary, but yeah. now I know he's just so badass. That's it. Yeah, he's so badass and unsafe, I love it. <laughs> now, there actually was one time where... Don't bring this up. Oh, you know where I'm going with yes, this? Yes, I do. I'm going to do it. Damn it. Okay, so there was actually one time he had, you know, we were doing a scene and whatnot, and he was like, alrighty, I'm going to bring me bring some food for you, and he, you know, brought me a can of sardines. Well, he decided to open it up at the club. I remember this. Oh, my God. I remember this. It was like three years ago, I think. <laughs> Everyone was like, Ugh. 
stunk up the whole place, the oh whole dungeon. And then we then and then it became that you know we were known for the you know don't bring cat food to the club. Somebody was like, "What's this smell?" Yes, that's when we learned that certain things yes. are not allowed. Uh, smells can be offensive too. Um, we learned that the hard way, but. It was there, all good there fun. is public play. There's private play. Certain <laughs> aspects of play might be better at home. Yes. This works. Your scene can't interfere with other scenes. Yes. Correct. Which goes mm-hmm. along with another. Your kink is not my kink. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Very cool. <laughs> yeah. It was, you know. So, we want to thank you all for coming. So, uh, Sanguinary Wolf and Ash. Um, well, thank God for having us. Yeah. We've enjoyed talking. <laughs> But stay with us. We're going to talk about our kink in the media. And uh, this week, our kink in the media is an article by Emma Madden, uh, published via uh, GQ, Why Chronic Pain Sufferers Are Turning to BDSM. And so, if you Google, you can find this article. (laughs) If you Google or if you Yahoo search, you can find this article. Again, it's published September 25th, 2019. And... It uses research to tie uh, control of pain to uh, certain aspects of the lifestyle of BDSM. And so if you are listening to this and you see this and you're listening to us talk about this topic, uh, chronic pain suffers turning to BDSM, uh, and you have any comments on it, shoot us a message on our Twitter account and let us know absolutely again you can uh, reach us on twitter instagram and facebook at at b y o n d vanilla bean uh on fat life we are again b y o n d vanilla bean uh so anywhere you look shoot this a message Tell us about your experience that ties chronic pain with BDSM and how it helps you to cope. Mm. All right. Like, comment, subscribe, leave those notifications on, all that good stuff. Yeah. Most definitely. So again, we want to thank Sanguinary Wolf and Ash for coming to join us today. Thank you always for listening. As the music comes on, remember that the original music is Bleed by Mama Honey. You can find them at mamahoneymemphis.com. And we will see you... In two weeks on Beyond the Vanilla Bean. Thank you.